0: Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is NBS Fitness Radio. All right, I am back with Jeremy uh, Jeremy Pittman of Pittman PT. How long have you been a physical therapist and how long have you owned your um, your practice? You're gonna make me start off with math. That's
1: right. Um, so I graduated in 1998. So we're say 25 years. Okay. As a physical therapist, started my own practice back in 2007.
0: Okay. What What's like the biggest change you've seen in the arc of PT since you've been in it two and a half decades? Wow.
1: So um, just the, the the boom of the number of people that actually uh, come to utilize our services is huge, and the the knowledge base of of um, of the consumer now, because you know when we first started, um, you know when, when I'm, we've had our first child, um, yeah. that child cost us ten dollars. Yeah. You know we didn't care about healthcare, but now as, mm-hmm. as deductibles have gone up and people are shelling more money out of their own pockets, um, you see a, a different level of consumerism mm-hmm. um, where people are, are less likely to get the you know twenty five hundred dollar MRI. They'll try some conservative care first. Uh, which is, which is really cool, which has helped us because I'd say, you know, 50 to 60% of our patients are direct access off the street. Yeah. I mean, they
0: have not been referred to you by a doctor. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, so there's 25 years. it's just, it's, what was like 25 years ago? Was it that people were less aware of like what, what PT's PT, uh, PTs could do for them, so instead they were going like straight to their doctor? Uh, I think that's the the number one battle that we
1: still face is just the the lack of knowledge of what PTs do. And I want to get into that a little bit deeper with you simply because like the, the general consensus of the general public right now is like if my back hurts, I either go to my doctor or my chiropractor. Right, right. Right? Yeah. I mean because they've done well at putting themselves as the as the professionals of choice for that diagnosis. Right. But Um, What we've tried to accomplish over the last, I'd say, 10 years um, of being in the practice is to make the consumer, the patients, aware Mm -hmm. that they can come to see us first. And they do not have to have a referral from a physician to actually walk in our door and to get assessed. And that we can do a lot of the same things that other disciplines do, but we combine it with a lot of other things um, to
0: get the best outcomes. What happened pre-physical therapy? If you, would you just go to the doctor and they would... Would they do tissue work? Or is it just purely medicinal um, recovery methods? Like, like, I'm saying like the 70s, yeah. 80s.
1: Yeah, so um, there was a lot of bed rest going on back, yeah. okay. back in those days. <laughs>
0: um, and, and physical
1: therapy uh, back in the 70s and 80s prior to... Um, healthcare changing the way healthcare did, um, I would say it was bad PT, yeah. which gave us a bad rap um, because insurance companies were paying out the wazoo for hot packs and ultrasound okay. and e-stem, yeah, yeah. right? And so we've had to change the way we practice uh, to get better outcomes to prove that we're, we're doing stuff. But prior to the direct access push over the last you know four or five years, we're actually getting those patients in and helping them to... Not have the, the injections, medications, yeah. imaging, surgeries. Um, uh, I'll tell you, I mean, we actually have a commercial out on, um, on, like, I don't even know, live stream TV now. Okay. Uh, it tells you the, the, so you go to your doctor, all right? The doctor gives you medicine. Yeah. You go back to the doctor two weeks later, if you're not better, then you do imaging, yeah. right? And then you go back to the doctor, and the imaging looks bad, you go see the specialist. And then you get more medication along the way, and six to eight weeks later, you actually finally get to your therapist where we can actually start helping you, right? Versus coming to the physical therapist first, you know, if we work with you for a couple of weeks, we know whether or not you're going to respond to conservative management, and then we can bypass that six-week wait time, get you straight to the specialist, because now they know that you need something in addition. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, just
0: cutting the curve down is what our, our mission is right now. So... Kind of share with people what what do PTs do? Wow. So
1: that's a that's a really tough question because the um, uh, another another thing that the general public doesn't know is there are several subspecialties of physical therapy just like there are of any typical medicine. So um, you would go to your cardiologist if you had a heart problem. You go to your orthopedist if you had a bone problem. You yeah. go to your rheumatologist if you have really bad arthritis. Right. Yeah. You have a pulmonologist. Yeah. So. All of those subspecialties, you can basically say there's a subspecialty of physical therapy for each one of those. So okay. if you're a child, you go see a pediatric specialist. Mm. Right? Yeah. Um, if you're if you're older, you can go see a geriatric specialist. Okay. So if you want a cardiac rehab, you go to a cardiac rehab specialist. Yeah. We have pulmonologists, we have um, you know, women's health that do OBGYN. Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of different subspecialties. But what we do at Pedement Physical Therapy is specialized
0: in, in orthopedics and balance. Gotcha, okay. So, what are some common um, issues that you guys treat within within those two? uh, Well, in the in
1: the the realm of the weekend warrior, we got a lot of a lot of back pain, um, a lot of shoulder strains, um, and a lot of knee issues. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because um, those, are, those are super common, I think sciatica yeah. is, is one of the biggest things that we get to work on. I have to tell people all the time sciatica is not a diagnosis and yeah. I think that's what you came to your doctor, you went to your doctor saying I pain number my legs, like oh you got sciatica. We try to figure out why yeah. you have sciatica because yeah. there's about five different things that can cause that, you know, so we don't treat that, we try to go a little bit deeper and treat the symptoms. But those are the main things that we, we really get. Um, and in our, in our, and we're getting more and more, um, young athletes yeah. because they're, they're specializing so early. And so you get a lot of those overuse injuries and they're not, um, training the whole body. You know, I'd say a lot of our baseball players right now that we're seeing for arm issues. Um, yeah, it manifests as an elbow or a shoulder problem, but when you dive deep into that person, it's, it's a hip or a core issue. Yeah. And all of that problem is culminating
0: into elbow issues. What's the, where's the, so when it comes to like youth athletes, where's the breakdown? Is it, I mean, obviously early specialization's not a good thing, but I mean, I think you could make the argument that early specialization, early specialization done in an intelligent way, you would still be able to reduce injury risk. I would, I would agree with that
1: statement
0: 100%. So is it. Is it um, is it just kind of a general lack of knowledge amongst youth athletes, youth parents, youth coaches? Is it a is it a I man? I kind of know. I mean, is it a lack of knowledge or is it like the the necessity for for winning that just kind of like well, hey, I, I know you get this pitch count or we should be doing this other stuff, but we need you to. Yeah, we need we need to
1: win this. We need to win this weekend. I what's
0: what's the combination of factors causing those? Well,
1: so um, I actually had a, a good conversation with a high school coach the other day. It's like when you're when you're in school and you're working with the with the school program. They they have like you know you have pitch you have pitch coaches and you have hitting coaches and you have um, fielding coaches and then you have strength and conditioning coach and they're all working with you during the school year, which is you know you're looking at six months. Of a, of a school season, then you're doing your off-season workouts, but then you go to summer ball, and a lot of people will stop everything that they've been doing yeah. to keep their body you know, in tip-top condition, yeah. and then they just go play six games in three days, yeah. Yeah. and, and we're, not, we're not prepared for that. Yeah. You know, so, you know, you got to keep that, that regimen going. And um, one thing that we're looking at right now is, like, how can we help these kids to understand where their, where their weaknesses are so that they can continue to strengthen
0: those on their own without a coach? Mm. So, like, currently, one of the, like you're saying, one of the issues is that um, essentially they're doing the intelligent things during the season. School ball is inherently <laughs> built to protect protect them because you're not you're you're not paying tournaments during school right you're playing (coughs) two three games a week whatever right you also have a strength conditioning coach you have like a, a full group of people working with you but then you're just kind of being transferred from one end season to another end season in tournament ball which lacks the inherent like safety precautions of us of the schedule, right. and in fact, it compounds the the, the issues right. by instead of having an off season and then <laughs> your body gets some bit of a break, it's like now you're going to play more, right. and then you also lack like <clears throat> the um, the the resources of the strength and conditioning coach and all that kind of stuff that would exist in like a, in a school.
1: Right, you have a lot of optional training days yeah. that you can go to, but again, they're optional. Um, but if you look at, I mean, pitchers are pitchers are probably the most Commonly and most well known um, injured athletes in a baseball setting. You yeah. know, if we talk about other sports, we can talk about you know, different positions, but I think everybody would understand that, that Tommy John surgeries and, and shoulder issues and pitchers are, are really, really big. But if you look at a high school the size of Caryville, right, um, and I know that a lot of schools aren't, aren't as big and they don't have as deep of a pitching rotation, yeah. but even the stud pitcher uh, in, in Caryville High. Um, is only going to pitch like once every 5 days. Yeah. Right? Um, and then a bullpen pitcher might come in and throw three innings every 7 days. Yeah. You know, and then you go into tournament tournament ball and that's that stud pitcher or even that bullpen pitcher goes from three innings every every 7 days to 90 pitches. Yeah. 2 days rest, 90 pitches. Yeah. And if you're not prepared for that, things are going to break down.
0: What's what's the understanding of communication like between the between the um, high school coaches and the tournament coaches? I don't know. I
1: mean, for for our purposes, I know there there is zero communication. It's uh, I have someone that plays you know competitive ball. Thank God, it's not a pitcher, no. um, so we don't really have to deal with those injuries. We deal with different injuries, yeah. but um, yeah. Uh, I don't know that there was really any communication. Yeah. Now, there could be at the very t- top yeah. of the chain yeah, yeah. Uh, between the high school coaches and the, the head of the organization, but as far as the individual coaches,
0: uh, that also comes down from the top. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So, how do you, how do you guys go about, like, addressing an, an injury? A high school kid comes in, day one says, my elbow hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you ensure it's not... Some type of um, yeah, broken bone or something that would that would require them to be sent off?
1: yeah so when when you know when I would say that um, when I got out of school back in 1998 there was no way yeah, right um, because it was a it was a two- year degree program and nowadays um, there are built in primary care um, primary care for physical therapists. So there's a, a entire screening that you do and you go through to address any potential, you know, major issues that mm-hmm. may exist. Yeah. Uh, and it could not be it could be a broken bone, um, it could be a uh, a tumor. Mm. You know, there's there's certain things that you do during an assessment to rule in or rule out something that necessitates a referral on yeah. to somebody that is up in you know, needing that energy. Okay. So.
0: okay so uh, so you take it through the assessment right I'm just walk me through the process the kid comes in so my elbow hurts it walk me through that process well the 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 biggest thing
1: is 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 the uh, I'll say most kids don't talk so you gotta <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta eliminate the parent yeah, yeah. from the from the you know and, and get the kid on on level, you talk on their level you have to get like a real good history and yeah. you gotta keep asking you're asking me tons of great questions right? right so you gotta keep asking those questions to break it down because they're gonna tell you if it's something major or it's not you don't have to touch anybody yeah. most of the time um, with some experience to know whether or not you know um, something's really bad yeah so once you once you get that really good history, we do we do a really good full body assessment to try to figure out you know where is this that pain actually coming from. So yeah. if somebody comes with the elbow, we're going to check the elbow, we're going to check the neck, we're going to check the shoulder. Um, we'll look at the hips, we'll look at the core. Um, we even sometimes you know we watch them walk in; they're completely flat footed. We'll go all the way down to the feet yeah. to look at an elbow injury, yeah. just because uh, pain lies. Yeah. I mean, if nobody else gets anything else out of this yeah. podcast right now. Pain is a liar yeah. because. Because um, if anybody has ever had a trigger point in a muscle somewhere, it's the easiest one. It can refer pain anywhere. Yeah. Well, think about trigger point, people don't even understand the complexity of the human body, but with all the ligaments, and tendons, and muscles, and bones, and nerves, that go everywhere. You know, it could be coming from anywhere. Yeah. And And I would say the, the best example of that is like, you know, where do women feel heart attacks? If, People learn this all the time. Women feel artifacts in their backs Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or in their chest, right? Men will a lot of times have arm (laughs) pain, right, and neck pain, and sometimes up in the face. Well, where's the heart? Heart's right in the middle, right? A little bit to the left. (laughs) Well, that heart is referring pain out. It's a muscle, right? So, I mean, if we look at that, then we understand that pain lies. So we have to dive deeper to try to figure out exactly where
0: things are coming. So you do like the full body assessment just gonna kind of say where are the potential uh, issues coming from that this was, in other words, say pain lies, it's not that the place where you're feeling pain is the cause of the pain. Right. Yeah. The cause can come from many other places. Yes. Yeah. that's where you ended up feeling it. Right. I'm not
1: telling you that you don't have strain of your UCL of yeah. elbow, but your lack of external rotation in your shoulder and your lack of rotation to the right. And the lack of left hip strength is causing extra pressure on that ligament. We have to fix all of that because I can make that feel better, but as soon as you go throw again, it's going to come right back if I don't want to address these other issues. Yeah, that
0: wasn't the cause of right. the pain. Yeah, that's just where the that's just where the body broke down. Correct. <clears throat> How um, what are some common issues you see when you're when you're um, going through people? Like, what are the common misfunctions or dysfunctions that you see in people? So uh, if we get it off of athletes, I'd say one of, the,
1: one, of the, one of the most frustrating things is when a, when a patient comes over and they actually have a referral from a physician and it says shoulder pain, right? <laughs> um, and i have to look at it and I'm like, did you go to the doctors and what'd you tell them? Walk in and he said you had shoulder pain. Well, that's what he told me you had. So what did he diagnose you with, <laughs> yeah. right? So, um, you know, and, and just, I would say shoulder pain, uh, elbow pain, hand numbness, um, well,
0: so like, what are the uh, not necessarily the the pain points, but the dysfunctions? Oh, like, the, like cervical disc issues? Uh, where you we were talking earlier about like like someone came in with like flat feet, that um, would be a um, an issue that caused some other like, a pain you know up the chain. Right. Like, what are the common issues you see? Uh, the dysfunctions is it flat feet, lack of external hip rotation? Like oh yeah yeah stuff? okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it depends on the patient
1: population, yeah. right? Um, so in a in a female. We'll say female athlete. You know, we're going to look at uh, really significant hip weakness. Mm-hmm. It's extremely common. If you look at any of the research out there, uh, the the lack of the lack of external rotation strength in a female athlete as they're going through fourteen to seventeen years old is going to definitely increase the propensity
0: to have ACL issues. Is that? Is that caused by puberty? Like when, like what's causing females to have external hip rotation weakness? If, if as
1: as females go through puberty, their their pelvis is going to yeah. expand, getting ready for childbirth, because you can start bearing children as soon as you start going through the puberty. Right. Yeah. So the pelvis is going to to change; it's going to get wider, and as a result of that, there's this. There's, you have to look this up, everybody. It's called a Q angle. Um, there's an angle between the front bone and your pelvis, your kneecap and your shin bone. And that angle increases as the pelvis gets wider. Yeah. Well, if you're if your knees dive in when you land from a jump or from kicking a ball and your knee dives in, then that's gonna put a lot of extra stress on your ACL. Yeah. Right? Because ACLs are typically going to be rotational injuries. Yeah. Right. So if your hips aren't strong enough to decrease the forces of your knees caving in then you're gonna have a higher propensity for that ACL yeah hundred um, percent all right so what were some other just uh, you see oh good Lord um, you name it um, I'd say right now the biggest the biggest thing that we see um, is techneck. tech-neck. You, want to, you want to talk about you want to talk about something is is the the invention of a cell phone and a tablet for everybody and their mother to sit with the worst posture ever for hours yeah. and hours um, without reversing that, yeah. you know, without doing any stretches, without doing any posture control exercises, without doing any rotator cuff, then you're set up to have cervical disc issues for rotator cuff issues, um, for thoracic spine issues, for lumbar disc issues, just you're set up for failure.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah. The, uh- if you look at those like side by sides of people's necks, like, like pre, um, prefixing it, where they just have like extreme f- forward head posture and that, that cervical, you know, lack of cervicals. Uh, yeah, um, straightening of the cervical is, is yeah. nuts. And then you'll see, you know, someone who's done, you know, extreme stretches or, or movements for it, and you nice. just see it, like self correct like that is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: I mean, you're, you're a movement specialist. I mean, that's what you do. Our bodies are created to move. We're created to, to run and hunt and gather, right? We're not created to sit in a chair for seven hours yeah. a day and look at a screen or look look at, at our cell phone. And nobody can see me right now if you're listening, but I'm sitting with the worst posture ever looking at my iPhone my right now. We're not made to do that, yeah. you know? And so we break down when we do that because our bodies need stress.
0: All right, how yeah. many people... That you that you work with, and they come in. Like, how, how many of them have an awareness of that? That, that? that that their issues are are just kind of the end result of that. Most people think that it's a one time event. Yeah. Right. I um, heard the best
1: quote uh, from Kobe Bryant. It's like you know, if, if you got a rock worker and he's working on this rock and he's hit it a thousand times and he hits a thousand and one and it breaks, right? He doesn't he doesn't celebrate that thousand and one hit. He celebrates the thousand hits that he had before that set him up for, for winning, yeah. right? So you know, if you got ten years of postural problems, nobody wants to hear that. Yeah, nobody wants to hear you know this is twenty years in the making. Yeah. You know, it's going to take time to fix. Because that's when they like to get those pills. They yeah. like to get, you know, yeah. instead, of, instead of actually addressing the problem, yeah. they like
0: to mask the problem. Why well, address it, though? I mean, I got pain. My neck hurts. My shoulder hurts. Whatever it is. You're telling me I'm going to have to come in here and deal with more pain, <laughs> you know, from training. Right. Why not just take take uh, an opioid and make the pain go bye-bye? You could do that. Yeah. But... At the same time, you can get addicted to the
1: opioid, yeah. right? It's going to affect your, your home life, right? Because um, if, you're, if you're already in pain, right, you're not the you that you need to be, yeah. right? So the, you can't be the you, you, the you that you need to be to take care of the people that depend on you, yeah. right? I have that conversation with moms all the time that never take care of themselves. They mask it. They'll take, the, they'll take the ibuprofen. They'll do that because they're running around with the kids. And then they're short with the kids. Their temper is flared. You know, they're not sleeping well and I, I finally will sit them down and will, we'll, we'll cry together and be like, hey, you know, how long has it been since you've been the mom that you wanted to be? Yeah. Right? So, we're masking all these symptoms right here. Why don't we fix this so you can be the person you need to be so you can actually give what you think you need to be able to give? Yeah. You know? So, it's it's a little bit deeper than just, just masking it. Yeah. You know? Plus, I mean, nowadays it's kind of hard to get those opioids unless you're buying the Street because, you know, unless you're going to a pain management clinic because the, the, the doctors are and and you know the the companies and the government they're getting smarter. Yeah. Um. Because people are addicted. You know, it's kind yeah. of
0: rampant. Yeah, and I think uh, another thing to understand is you know like if you if, if your if your lack of quality movement has re, uh, over a, over a long period of time has resulted in this this outcome, you can take pain management to address this one outcome right but your ball is going in one direction (laughs) you know so this isn't the first outcome. this is or this isn't the the only outcome right like it's just going to get worse yeah your your physical degradation is going to continue and it's going to exacerbate itself until you literally cannot uh, do anything about it so you get your start now when uh it'll be uncomfortable but it will be far less uncomfortable and far Mm -hmm. easier to travel and if you wait, you know, ten years from now, right, or twenty years from now, whatever it be, Yeah, you know, it's 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 like if we if we continue down the same path, what is your quality of life going to be in the yeah. next ten years? Yeah. What's the patient's response? I mean, should you have any? I mean, are, are they aware? Are they having a conversation of like, "Hey, look, here's what we want to do, and this is what's going to be best for you." Right. But unfortunately, the way your insurance works is, I have to authorize. Every visit, and yeah. it takes a week. So unfortunately, I'm at the, I'm, I'm at the like wait to get authorization, schedule your next visit, and yeah. just gonna it's gonna extend this a bit. Like what's their response? And a lot of times we have to cancel that next visit
1: because we don't have it in yet. Oh. so um, yeah, it's it's very frustrating, and the, the patient. I mean, we we do a really good job. My. My front desk, my front office teammates, they do a really good job of explaining this yeah. so that we put the onus on the insurance company and not on us, because we work hard. Yeah. Um, I'm, my my front desk ladies, are they are fantastic and work to advocate for every patient that walks in the door. So we're working really hard to try to minimize any of that time lapse. Um, we're working it every day, mm. sometimes twice a day. We bug the crap out of the insurance companies to try to get that authorization. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating and, and the patients don't understand why, you know, um, but ultimately we, we have to look at them and say, this is the interest that you chose. Yeah. Say, this, is, this is what you chose. Yeah. So um, the other public service announcement that I'll give right now to, to anybody that's listening from a Medicare standpoint, don't go with one of those Medicare Advantage plans. Mm, They're right. HMOs and they try to control you into the red, white, and blue Medicare Has the most open network, it's got the best doctors, it's got the most doctors on it, and um, you don't have to worry about um, access
0: to care. Okay, interesting. All right. Is, well, how's the deal with Medicare then? Medicare is great. they're, they're quick. Um, yeah, they, they,
1: they're they really good. Now, they do try to, uh, I mean, they haven't given us a raise yeah. right in uh, <laughs> 10 years. Actually, they've given us a pay cut every year for, like, the last nine years. Yeah. Um, but they're one of the easier payers to work with. It's yeah. just, you know, I don't, I don't sometimes, you know. I can't raise my rates, right? <laughs> because I don't control my rates. Right. So, um, yeah, it, it does make it a little bit more difficult yeah. to to take care. Of, and I don't want to get on the soapbox, but to yeah. take care of your employees the way you're supposed to, and the, um, you know, without burning anybody out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because they are they are giving us cuts every year, but guess what? Rent goes up. Yeah. Prices was, yeah. go up. Inflation goes up. Salaries go up. Healthcare costs go up as yeah. an employer.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah. The only way you can the only what you can do with that is by increasing volume, which then stresses all that already. So exactly. it's like stresses your, it, it doesn't, it, stressing that volume um, without increased margin leads to, to poor, you know, can lead to, to, to poor service just because you're kind of forced into that. We have to walk a
1: really yeah. fine line, yeah. right? Um, because we don't want to burn anybody out, but yet yeah, we still have to keep the doors open. Yeah. And I mean, we are a business. Businesses' lifeblood is cash, yeah. right? We have to make money as a business yeah. in order to be able to serve more people. Yeah. So um, it's a it's a fine line.
0: Um, you know, I I was I can't remember when I heard this, but it was saying um, the reason that that um, most. Uh, insurance companies do not lean towards preventative care it's because the average person is only on any one insurance plan for five years that's interesting and that most um most care costs are going to occur you know post six, age 65 right so it is isn't their best interest to to um not pay for any preventive care, just deal with whatever things pop up, because they know eventually you're going to be passed off off their plan um, to another plan or or to Medicare at some point.
1: I can totally see that.
0: So, I can totally see
1: that because I mean people don't people don't health insurance shop as much as they might car insurance shop um, because it really doesn't matter. It's going to be expensive anyway. Yeah. You know you're not gonna you're not gonna go from Aetna to Blue Cross and save five hundred dollars <laughs> like you can go from you know Progressive <laughs> to Geico. Right? Yeah, right. It just doesn't work that way. But I can, I can definitely see uh, that side of the coin. And it's, uh,
0: they're not, no one is a true long-term cons, uh, client for, for insurance companies, typically. It's like the majority of your costs as, uh, the, the majority of your uh, cost to an insurance company is going to occur age 65 plus when you're not on anyone's insurance plan anyways well that maybe that's why uh, maybe
1: that's why you know healthcare's profit margin was like thirteen million last year.
0: so i was like i was like wow okay yeah that makes a lot of sense now that you said that um tell me about the the new machine that that you got i got a chance to go and and, and check out the proteus machine yeah
1: thanks for thanks for coming by and working out on the things it's really cool um so it's it's a combination of uh, 360 degree resistance and ai technology and a cloud based software system yeah. um so really the Proteus machine is is software machine that that takes data collection to a, a, a whole new level yeah. um so where where we see this going is the the ability to assess um, not only athletes but the the general population and and Actually, show them you know empirical data of of how strong they are, what their what their power looks like, what their speed looks like, what their deficits are, and then how to specifically train for those deficits. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it, it's really cool for an athletic population that's trying to say say a football program that's trying to you know develop a lot of kids that go play D one ball, right? I can, I can, since it's a cloud-based software, every person that ever tests on it, um, gets put into a database. Yeah. So I can literally do a test on you as an 18 year old football lineman that is six, five and rank your score based on every other high school yeah. lineman, um, that is in your height and weight class. Yeah. And see how you compare. Yeah. And then with a click of a button, I can change it to collegiate and show you where you need to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. And so it, it's it's a motivation tool, but it's also a, a training and assessment tool um, that can be utilized in any numerous sports. You know, football, basketball, baseball, um, it's golf, volleyball. So it's it's a really plus. We can train on it. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not only for for our, our elite athletic. Populations, it can dial down as low as one pound of resistance. um, And, and so I'm going to use some big words right now, concentric and eccentric. So if we look at our, if we look at our arm and we bend our elbow up toward our head, that's a concentric motion. If we lower it back down, that's eccentric for our bicep. So it never loads a muscle eccentrically, which is where a lot of damage can happen. So we're able to train, um, Everybody, up to 90-plus, I mean, anybody to any age, we can, we can train with, with dialed-in uh, pound resistance um, without the worry of damaging any muscle tissue.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think um, what's what really cool about it is you think about uh, previous athletic tests, and when you use like the, the combine, for example. Right. When you would do something like a, a bench press test, Yeah. which is a simulation of what you might experience on the line of football, Correct. but it's is not exact a simulation as the Proteus machine. And so it gives you a more clear um, assessment of like true athletic ability because you're, you are able to move in 360 degrees, the 365 degrees. Um, and completely free motion It is more athletic movement versus right. um, versus more like singular playing stuff that you'd see in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I also like it you know, when I think through like how PT has changed over the years. Um, so 20 years ago being in, in I was in high school and college playing ball and if you got injured, uh, I, did, I mean the, the assessment was like what hurts, this hurts, Okay, we have two options, or like four options. We can stem it, right? We can uh, ultrasound it, we can heat it, or we can ice it. It was just, it was all just, you know, just t- tissue inflammation and handling. Just a bunch of passive modalities. Yeah. yeah, passive modalities, and then there was never any real um, assessment going back to like, okay, well, like, why did this happen in the first place? Right. Um, And then sort of to see how like technology has has come around the last 20 years It's not only like well, we could use this to uh, In part of your rehabilitation program, right, but we can also use it to assess. Hey, how do we keep you from coming back in here? Yeah, like how can we yes? Hey, you you had a you had a pull, pull hamstring we can we can see reasons for that we can develop that but let's go ahead and like do an assessment to see where is another potential injury coming up and give you a, a clearer picture of like what you need to do to address that right the
1: the the pre-injury assessments is where I think this tool is the most powerful because I, I see it being, being two things uh, maybe even three depending on where my brain goes right now so we do a pre-injury assessment we can we can we can figure out like where you're strongest, where you're weakest, and we can develop a program for that. Then we can retest and see if you're actually making progress toward that. And we continue to train and get better and better and better. And we're constantly doing these assessments to figure out where you are. Well, guess what? You get hurt, yeah. right? Um, you you have to you have to go in, you have to go through rehab, and we can start using the machine. But we know exactly where you need to get back to. Yeah. You know, because we have objective data saying this is this is where you left off. This is where we need to get you back to.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, I also love it for the. Well, I hate to use the terminology "non-athlete." Um, uh, the term. Everybody's athlete. Yeah, I think there's a there's there's kind of a misconception that like oh well that, you know that that's great for athletes. Um, I think the statement is. Um, You know the skills and capacities don't change it's just the magnitude of those meaning everyone should be able to run okay uh and have the capacity to 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 use the skill of running in both a sprint and then a longer aerobic based uh uh, run in other words everyone at every age should be able to sprint and run long distance the magnitude of that would change, meaning a 90 year old sprint speed is going to be significantly different than right. a twenty-year-old sprint speed. Yeah, but everyone should be able to do it. And I think the, the thing I love about that is that it is kind of showing people like, okay, hey, these are the way that your body should move. Yeah, let's test how you, how you, how you find. Oh man, like, um, there's some some real room for improvement here. As you kind of see, like, man, I can't really jump that. My mom was like, I was like, wow, I got to suck at jumping side my to was- side. <laughs> Why am I so bad at jumping? Yeah. Uh, so I was like, okay, like, that's a, it's, it's, it shows, like, to me, it showed, like, hey, this thing you haven't done in a while, like, even though I've been, I mean, I was in training. Yeah. Uh, but my my training has not been, um, in some of the more. Like, I like movements you'd see on a field with, like, side-to-side movements. Like, okay, well, yeah, that was an area I haven't trained in probably 10 years. Yeah. So the the
1: beauty of it is it, it does it does take into account, and, and the resistance is such that, that those rotational movements that we do, I mean, if you think about, you know, as simple as reaching into a cabinet, like, it, nothing in our world is a straight plane movement. Yeah. Um reaching into a cabinet, you might say, Well that's a straight leg movement. No, you're gonna turn your hips about forty five degrees to the left to reach into the cabinet with your right arm, and yeah. it becomes a diagonal movement. Yeah. Right. Um putting on your seatbelt, you know, it's is total what we call PNF patterning. You yeah. Know, that's exactly the way we move. And so this machine gives us the ability to to not only assess those movements to see how strong or how powerful or or, or you know um how fast you can move. But um it allows us to train that yeah. movement because it's totally functional. Yeah. Um, and going back to your insurance companies, um, one of the, one of the things that, one of the ways that I see us being able to use that is for our non-athletic population, being able to assess our patients on yeah. a regular basis. And, and now we have objective data to send to the insurance company saying, he's not done. It. Yeah. This is done. where he is. Yeah. Like this is where most people need to be. This is
0: where he is. You know, we have more time. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Okay. So, in that realm, um, so in that realm, like most uh, most PTs offices do do not have that type of machine. So, like, how does a um, how does an insurance company now deal with like a new technology coming into the space? I don't know. That's their, <laughs> That's their problem. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give it to them though. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, we're we're
1: uh, we're we're fortunate enough to be the only the only previous uh, facility. Um, the side of Nashville and the state of Tennessee. That's awesome. So um, we're really excited about the
0: the new technology and the way we can we can put it to use for not only our Adelaide population, but our just our general population. Do <clears throat> so you see yourself using it as kind of like a, a diagnostic tool for everyone coming in, or is it would you use it more as specific needs or patient choice? Like how do you see yourself as kind of like using it going forward?
1: Well, going back to the going back to the four phases of healing. I mean, we're not going to put anybody in pain. Through an assessment, um, simply because their numbers are going to be really low, and they might not be able to have the range of motion in order to assess it. So once we get at somebody out of pain, then we can throw that in to to utilize that data to to get a starting point of where their their strength is. Yeah, you know, because pain pain stops strength. Muscle shut down when you're in pain. Yeah. Um. So we got to get out of the pain, and then we can actually really assess um,
0: strengths and imbalances. Mm. So kind of use it in, in, in that like second, third phase. Right. But you, I mean, do you think you'd put like everyone through it? Yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal? That's the goal. About about visit six is uh, about where somebody needs to, to have an assessment done. That's cool, yeah, that's cool. Have you, so um, on the machine, there's some preset assessments and they're 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 generally based off of sport, Right. Um, how do you see yourself kind of like Putting the, the the correct assessment for an, a non sports specific. Well, um, it comes it comes preloaded with um, with
1: football skill position, football lineman, you know, baseball, uh, volleyball, volleyball. There are some like shoulder assessments. Yeah. So there okay. there there's a built in for for shoulder or elbow or just general power test. Yeah. That that are preloaded, but um, being a software that is highly malleable. Um, I can get on my laptop and I can create an exam yeah. and you know, it goes through the cloud and it's on the computer. It's on the machine. So um, I can create any exam for any patient population, yeah. um, adjust the weights that we need to. So if, if we're doing the baseball exam and it's for a collegiate athlete, we need to drop that weight down if we're doing it on a 12-year-old. Yeah. Right. So we're able to modify or adjust any tests that are in there, but also we can create custom tests.
0: I feel like I got gypped because I did a, a baseball assessment <laughs> and I played college football. Okay. I I feel like I would have gotten a more accurate test if I had done the, the football lineman test. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, uh, i tell you what, the, the football lineman test I think is really cool. You brought up uh, bench pressing 225 pounds X number of times. I mean, the last four reps really are worthless because nobody, you can't get away from a block if you're pushing at one mile an hour trying to yeah. lift something, but... The way this test is set up is it's, it's a constant resistance and it's measuring how fast you can move this weight from here to there and with what velocity and force. Yeah. Right? Which is a lot more specific to if you're trying to come off the line and jam somebody yeah. and get away from them. Yeah. But the, the PF pattern goes from one hand to a two hand, like you're going up in a Christ. Yeah. The, the football test is really cool. That's
0: cool. The football
1: test is really cool.
0: It, is there a way to? to do eccentric strength on it at all? No, it does okay. not do any eccentric. It okay. so only does it, the the concentric movement, but but the concentric movement in all directions I think is correct that's important for people correct. to understand. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Um, <clears throat> what kind of movements would you do? You think you put on like this, this general population test? Um, so we we would be able to
1: assess like from kneeling to standing. Mm, sit okay. to stand. Yeah. Um general rotation, overhead press. Okay. Um uh rotation. Yeah. And then sing I would do a single arm a single arm reach or a single arm push.
0: Like a cross body or Either cross body or just a straight push pull or okay. a single arm overhead. Okay. okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Where so as as people age, where do you see the necessity for where do you see the, the the necessity for kind of filling in the gaps. Like you're like in the elderly population, what are the kind of common um, common things people you're seeing people for, and like what can they do to address those? I'd say the, the, the most common thing. That we're seeing
1: in our older population is just balance and fall issues mm. like um i do I do regular talks at some of the the not assisted living but the, the active living yeah. communities mm. and the number one thing that asked me to come in is to talk about balance and falls um, and the the thing that everybody should understand is like if you don't use it you lose it I mean it's one hundred percent right um, we're able to be strong at eighty years old if we continue to train to be strong we can continue to keep our balance if we keep our hips and our knees and our back strong and we practice balancing yeah Um, the problem is is we get sedentary when we retire Um, we stop moving the way we should and then we start to be a little unsteady so what does that do it makes our gait pattern shrink so now we're shoveling our feet which makes us more prone to fall yeah so um yeah that's the main thing it's like making people understand that you know you don't have to live like this we yeah. can improve your quality of life we can help your balance we can get you stronger and that way you're not fearful when you're out and about doing things yeah which will lead to them being able to be more active
0: you know, I've had a lot of conversations with people over the the years, who are quite aware of that. It's not it's not a lack of knowledge, but yet they're still resistant to change. How have you dealt with that? And what do you why do you think that is? I deal with it on
1: a daily basis as my father in law lives with me. Mm, yeah, um, and to get him to walk down to get his own newspaper is like pulling teeth. Um, But it's just forcing him to be consistent because my, my father-in-law is a patient of our practice um, because his back hurts and his balance sucks. So um, we force him to come into the clinic twice a week and he hates every minute of it. But I, I noticed um, when I dropped him back off the house on Monday, um, instead of me pulling up and grabbing his newspaper for him and driving all the way up the driveway, he said, "Just pull into the cove and let me out." And he got out and got his paper and walked himself in, up the driveway. So whether or not he wants to admit it, he's getting better. Yeah. You know. So just just having that support system in place for 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 our aging parents and just to let them know that hey, no, this is something that you need to do, and I love you, and we're gonna do it. Yeah. Um, because I want you to have the quality of life that you need. Why do Why do you think he hates it? Uh, because he likes sitting in his chair, drinking coffee. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's 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 comfort. It's yeah. comfort. Yeah. You know. Um. You know. We we we're creatures of habit. You know. Yeah. Um. I don't work out the way I should work out. Um. Because I got out of the habit. I got hurt, and I got out of the habit. Yeah. Like, but you do it every day because that's your habit. Yeah. Right. So, it's just building, breaking those old habits and building a new one. And you know, it takes, you know, as well as I do, it takes a good seven months to really reinforce a habit. Yeah. You know, so if I'm gonna go to the gym three times a week, I gotta do it consistently for seven months yeah. or else I'm gonna fall off the wagon very quickly. Yeah. I can't go for two months and, and think that I'm good.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that there is a like the habit of fitness is it is you don't use it you lose it so if you created it and then for whatever reason you got knocked off tracks, like you have to recreate it yeah uh, it's hard you don't maintain it at all yeah. <laughs>
1: plus you don't have that you don't have that I mean once you once you retire you you don't have that that built in accountability anymore so yeah. you don't have to wake up to an alarm clock yeah. and get up and go to work and build that you know, so you, you have to you have to completely change everything
0: yeah um, and it's it's easier not to yeah yeah, I I've thought like and I've tried to try to have these conversations and it's it's interesting that the the people who are over change are very open about their 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 mental state or psychology or reasoning. You can have an open conversation and I'll tell you about it. Uh sometimes the, the people who are resistant to change aren't as open about having discussions about why they're they're resistant to change. But <clears throat> I see I see um, a, de- a desire not to be uncomfortable, you know. It's like this is gonna, this is gonna be uncomfortable. I don't want to feel be uncomfortable. Yeah, you know. And there, I think there's a lot of reasons for that that ingrained notion in people. I also think there's a degree of like it would force me to come face to face with my. With my, my my current state compared to where I was, in other words, it's like I I'm I'm going to have to face the reality that I'm, yep I'm getting worse. I'm Honey. degrading. Okay. I'm I'm aging. I'm not 18 anymore. Yeah, I'm not 18 yeah. anymore. Uh, which is sad because it's like that that just uh, that just uh, <clears throat> amplifies the speed at which you, you age. Right, it just speeds it up. It's like you, no, you're not 18 anymore, but. You could, you could significantly slow this process down if you wanted to. You could there's, you can maintain all uh, physical abilities needed to go through like day-to-day living. Well, it, it, that's
1: very interesting. Um, one, of, one of the girls that, um, that worked for me, um, I, I think she started becoming a traveling physical therapy assistant about six years ago. Her father has won the senior Olympics in swimming for like the last six years and he's now 76 years old. She sent me a video the other day cause she was there with her dad. He was winning again. Yeah. Right. She sent me of the 85 and older volleyball yeah. tournament. Yeah. And these guys, I mean, if you, if you think you can't do it, you should watch these guys because they're not only jumping and spiking, but they're diving for balls <laughs> at 85 plus. Yeah. Right. Um, nobody told them they can't. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, And that's that's the thing. It's like we get this, we get a we get a mental barrier that says I I can't do this anymore. Yeah, and it's just it's just an obstacle,
0: right? Yeah, I think that it's important for people to people have have gotten the notion that like that loss of physical ability is not a choice. Yeah, I was like, look, aging is a consequence of getting older. Right. You know, Uh, and in that there's there's going to be, you're going to have a decrease in, in output. You're just not going to be as strong at 90 as you were at, eight, at 20 or whatever, right? But that doesn't mean a loss of function. You should, if, if done well, if done correctly throughout, throughout your life, you should, you should die with all the functions you had that you were born with. In other words, you should still be able to run, you should be able to jump, get up off the ground, uh, to move freely and, and, and operate in space and to be able to explore the world, you may do it a little bit slower, right? But you can still do it, and I think that's one of the things that we see. This the Olympics, the Olympics are there to um, showcase and test human performance at its highest levels, right. and like the beauty behind the senior Olympics is like they're the same things. The senior Olympics are not different sports they're not they the <laughs> same exact sports they're the same exact sports it shows like you can like if sports are the if sports are like the ultimate uh, expression of human movement then we can see that like human movement shouldn't be limited by age exactly and and that's uh, that can either be a very empowering thing and I hope that hopefully it is that like man like yeah I don't want to be the person who can't wipe my butt you know, I don't wanna be the person who is afraid that if I fall I'm not gonna get up. Like I don't wanna be the person who uh feels like I'm a burden to, to my family. I wanna be the person who can go along and do this thing that's right beside them and they and they're and my you know, my grandkids or great grandkids are like, Yeah, grandpa, we'd love to go to do do this thing with you. Yeah. You know, that that's a that is a possibility and it's not uh, it's not too far reaching either.
1: Yeah, you mentioned that that you know aging aging is not a choice, right? But how you age is your choice. Um, and you know I had this conversation with one of my one of my therapists this morning uh, that not trying for fear of failure equals failure. Yeah. You know because if you don't try, then there's no way you can succeed. Yeah. You know so you know I, I'm, I'm with him like it took me. Um, I got a, I got in a bad place around 30, 38. I was just miserable. Uh, might have been thirty five. Just miserable, not liking myself very much. And um, uh, somebody taught me to sign up for a Tough Mudder, and I'm like, I don't even know what that is, but you know what? Let's do it because I was a high I was an athlete in high school and I was just not not feeling anymore. Yeah. And so it forced me to get into the gym and train. Yeah. And then from from thirty five to thirty eight, I think I was in the best shape of my life by the time I was forty. Yeah. And running like six Spartan races, yeah. and, you know, um, battle frogs and yeah. tough mutters and go rucks. It was it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then I ripped my bicep at a doctor's visit. Doing what? I was at the doctor getting my shoulder checked out, and my bicep ruptured. I doing a, a, a doing doing a, doing a diagnostic test. Yeah, my bicep snapped. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty awesome.
0: Jeez. Yeah, that was okay. pretty awesome. Yeah, man. That, I think that's. Um... It's pretty good now. It just looks a little funky, but yeah, uh, torn bicep is not is not a bad thing for for the physique because it gives you a bit of a higher peak. Yep. Yeah, shortens it up a little bit. You have a little bit higher peak. I mean, it looks a little wonky in your sleeves, but when you flex it, it's like, dang, it's yeah. like a big old ball right there. Big old ball. I did, I did have surgery because he's like, he's like, you know,
1: you don't, you don't have to have surgery if you don't plan on doing anything. I'm like, dude, I plan on being active forever. I was <laughs> yeah, like, like, I got done hey, 40 let's, years ago. Let's go, <laughs> you know? We
0: did surgery. Uh, that's awesome. All right. Hey, Jeremy. Uh, Thanks for coming to the podcast. Where can people uh, learn about your uh, clinic and get in contact with you? Absolutely. Uh, We
1: have three locations. Uh, We're located in Cargill. That's our main clinic. We have one in Germantown and and Hernando. Website's really easy. It's Pittman PT, shortened physical therapy, PittmanPT.com. We're active on Facebook, Instagram, or you can give us a call at 901-850-5246. That one number, you can schedule an appointment at any location. Um, but yeah, we're, we're here in the community. Our, our mission is to, to help you live your greatest life now and in the future. So hopefully, uh, you don't get hurt, but if you do and need a little help,
0: we're here to get you back. Love it, man. All right. NBS Fitness Radio. Out. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio.